This is the Michigan Business Network, and you've tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verstero, and today I have on the other end of the line a young lady that I've known for a lot of years and have had so much fun watching and, and seeing her career grow. Her name is Stacy Nato, and Stacy, say hello to everyone. Hello. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, and because this is radio, we don't get to see your beautiful smile, but you have one of the best smiles and one of the greatest personalities I know, honestly. And she uh, is part of a family of uh, friends that have meant an awful lot to me over the years. But talk about great things. Stacy has gone off and done her own great things. And it, it's, uh, it's something that I think many of you probably remember, if you can just think back a few years. I think the year was 2005. Does that sound right, Stacy? That is correct. We launched in 05. Yeah. And so part of what, I don't know how that all happened, I, uh, um, but I can tell you what was launched was a national phenomenon. And it was all about um, um, making sure that people saw the inner beauty in people. And so, uh, Stacy, how did you get connected with Dove, who was the uh, organization and company that helped launch this campaign? You know, Vic, I believe in divine timing, and this is one of my favorite stories of divine timing. Uh, I moved away from Michigan to go to college at DePaul University in downtown Chicago, and it was my sophomore year of school in college. I was what I would call your everyday average student at that point in my life. I was going to school full time. Uh, I was volunteering. I was an RA. I uh, was working part-time at a salon down the street to make extra cash so I could have fun while I was in Chicago. And we were walking from our apartment. So I convinced my roommate to go with me. on. I had a Tuesday afternoon shift to work the front desk at the salon I worked at. The Tuesday afternoon shift was always slow, right? Everybody's at school or work. So I convinced my roommate and best friend to come with me and keep me company, sit in the lobby with me and hang out. And as we are walking from our apartment to the salon, it's about a three block walk right downtown. I noticed that there's a woman trailing extremely close behind me. And my dad taught me to be aware of my surroundings, right, Vic? You know him. Yep. And so yep. I'm looking around. <laughs> I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what's going on? Why is this person getting so close to me? And I look again and she's taking notes in a notepad and she keeps staring at me. And I'm thinking, this is so odd. But, you know, we're downtown Chicago. You don't yeah. stop for every... <laughs> Every interesting situation doesn't stop you. You keep walking. Yeah, you were, and you were born and raised in Chelsea, Michigan. So this, this is a little different environment. Exactly right. So I just, I just keep, keep going. I walk into the salon. She, she follows me inside, and she holds out her hand and introduces herself as a talent agent. And then she asks me to come to a modeling audition. Wow. And Vic, I'm standing there. You had there to be the, suspicious, right? Extremely suspicious. Extremely suspicious. You know, at this point, the Dove brand was not as we know it today. Yeah. Uh, it was a bar of soap, right? A beauty bar, as they call it. <laughs> and I also am standing there as a size 10 woman thinking to myself, what, what do I have to offer as a model? And I kind of said that to her. I said, thank you so much. That's flattering, but absolutely not. You know, what, what about me and my body is screaming model to you? And she said, no, you don't get it. This is really a different idea. This campaign is all about real beauty, widening the stereotype of what women look like in the media, what women can be in the media. And I really think you'd be great for this. Wow. So my roommate took her card, later called, pretended to be me, made me an appointment, forced <laughs> me to go to the audition. And then uh, the rest is history. Through lots of callbacks and auditions, I was you know, accepted as one of the six Dove women. And we uh, launched a nationwide campaign that really 
change the conversation about women and body image and confidence as it pertains to, to media. And it certainly has now trickled over into leadership and all sorts of different conversations and representations. You know what's well. awesome is I don't think I knew that humble beginning of how this started. <laughs> Honestly, because yes. I, 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 of course your, your uh, grandparents are so important to me and, and uh, um, they were bragging about you in a modeling career. And of course I had, I had no, no idea. And, and the next thing you know, you're in your underwear on Madison Avenue and uh, Times Square, right? I mean, yes. There, what a what a journey! But I, what's exciting to me is to see how how the humble beginnings of this and those that that um, are listening on this station can't see what I'm looking at is right over your shoulder is the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine, and there's my <laughs> Stacy Nato there. Yes. It still feels surreal. Yeah. I, we're, we're so many years later. The conversation luckily hasn't stopped. Uh, and it's, it's really, really projected me into a, an unbelievable career and an unbelievable mission that I believe in dearly. But uh, to still think about those moments, <laughs> to look at myself in my underwear on billboards or in magazines, um, on airbrushed, on retouched, you know, it's it's still pretty pretty wild to think about. Yeah, well, it's pretty spectacular. But what I love what you just said, this this is a timeless campaign because it teaches us uh, a variety of things. And one of the things it teaches us is the fact that that um, uh, inner beauty is really what matters in the world. And there's so many great messages because I know um, uh, me being older, growing up, you know, there was a lot of judging the book by the cover. And, um, you know, I remember my... my um, sister was bullied relentlessly. You know, she had uh, buck teeth and some frizzy hair. And so um, just some emotional scarring that happens to people like that. And today, um, you know, just the other day, I, I was watching um, America's Got Talent, a little 10-year-old girl mentioned that she had gotten uh, bullied. And um, for those that watch the show, they know what the golden buzzer is. So Sophia Varaga says, well, how about, how about we'll see if anybody bullies you after this? And she hits the golden buzzer. And, uh, of course, it just bedlam rains. I'm a, I'm a big bag of uh, tears everywhere and Kleenex. Yes. It's a mess. But it's so cool to see uh, what you stand for and the ways that you've, uh, you've helped us understand this. So, Stacy, glad that you joined us today here on the Leadership Lowdown. Looking forward to unpacking this story and some of the things you're doing right now to help young men and women understand that beauty's within and there's some greatness that's within all of us and you help bring that message to everyone. So glad you're here on the Michigan Business Network listening to the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bergeron. We'll be right back. looking around for accidents waiting to happen. That would be sort of odd. But when you have Accident Fund Workers' Compensation Insurance, that's exactly what they are doing. Accident Fund employees are the WorkSafe people. They take your safety very seriously because that's all they do. Workers' Compensation Insurance. That's why they're rated A excellent by AM Best. Go to AccidentFund.com slash WorkSafe and get the WorkSafe people. Accident Fund is a wholly owned subsidiary of Accident Fund Holdings Incorporated, the 10th largest workers' compensation insurer in the United States. Michigan, 
Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I have with me today a young lady who I'm so excited to have uh, on our show. Her name is Stacy Nato. I've watched her from just being a little tiny thing uh, growing up to be a powerful spokesperson for inner beauty, inner strength, and really helping a lot of people understand how they can be better along the way. Stacy, um, I, I love our the, the first segment. We talked about the innocent contact uh, that you had as you're walking down the streets in Chicago, but uh, all of a sudden now you're hooked up to a campaign. You signed the deal, and and they've got you now. Um, uh, what what happened at that point forward? Did you um, did they tell you about how the campaign looked, or did they just kind of walk you through it and you discovered it along the way? Yeah, so they were wonderful through the process. I I never felt left in the dark. We were uh, updated constantly about what was happening. We were always asked if we were comfortable and did it feel authentic while we were moving through different things and experiences. And I remember getting to the photo shoot. We meet the other women and we just got done with two 12-hour days of photo shoot in our underwear. And, you know, we were tired. <laughs> it's work. Yeah. And... We, I turned to the PR team and to the Dove uh, brand team and I said, you know, why us? Why the six of us women? There are plenty out there that would have looked great on your, on your billboard. And they said, it was, it was your spirit. It was who you were. It was the authentic belief in women and confidence and, and wanting to change the script, wanting to shift the conversation and how it's happened to us far. And for me in that moment, it became this extreme shift of pride. Like I was able to now be one of the microphones to this new conversation, to this yeah. new wave of how we were going to look at people in the media, um, specifically at that point, women. And I just felt so proud of it. And so behind the scenes was a blast. I will always shout <laughs> it from the rooftops. Like we were, we were taken care of and we were always made to feel very comfortable. And we were so proud of what we were doing. And that is no, such a nice place to be. You should have been, and it was. And I think what's interesting is that is that I want to rewind this back to 2005. Um, you know, we're talking 15 years ago, and and in and in that mindset, um, you know, you've got all these size two or one or whatever the numbers are models out there, and they're they're talking about um, the we I call them the Dove girls. I think that's what a lot of people have talked about at that time. And the Dove girls were various sizes and everything else. And, but why in the underwear? Was it all intended to say, hey, I'm beautiful um, no matter what size I am? Is that where that starts? Absolutely. And it, it was really that message that, you know, we're willing, we're willing to be who we are authentically, unairbrushed, unretouched. And what, what larger way to make that statement than in your underwear, than to really show, right, there's nothing embarrassing right. or bad about this. This right. is just But wasn't, wasn't there a moment when you said, I got a what? You know... I got to tell you this, at the yeah. photo shoot, at the photo shoot was a blast. We put on music, we danced around, we had a blast. The first time you see, I saw myself on a billboard standing <laughs> in Times Square, that was when I had my moment, right? And, and well, it was that. you come from a beautiful, wonderful, but very uh, socially conservative family. And for, and for that news to be out that Stacy's on a billboard in her underwear, I mean, that was headline news around my small town, right? Very yes, absolutely. So yeah. many people, so yeah. many people were like, what does your dad think, right? What does your dad think? Yeah. And I got to tell you, at the launch party, he was the one in my face with a camcorder, you know, like so proud and so excited <laughs> because the mission was important. The mission right. was 
to help people feel better about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and in that, there were there were wonderful moments, right? There were times when you're like, uh, you've got to pinch me. Is this really real? One of them, I think, is probably most fascinating is the Oprah uh, Winfrey show, right? Yes, absolutely. I, I'll never forget, we were sitting in a waiting room or a lobby of a restaurant when we got the call. We were all together, which was kind yeah. of exciting. And we got the call that we were going to be on the, we were invited on the show. And, and to me, it was, I always say it now, that was the moment we made it. And it, it's not necessarily only because we were on Oprah, which, yeah, that's a huge deal. But it's because that conversation was now going to become a national, monumental, worldwide yeah. conversation. It was, it was now like, a, it was representative of social change. It was going to shift something bigger. Uh, and for us, that was, that was a big deal. Oh, well, you know, I think what's so exciting about that, Stacey, is, is um, I, I've been involved in a lot of advertising campaigns, and advertising campaigns is what it is. It's not a movement. It's not, it, 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 you're selling product, right? But all of a sudden, um, to your point, it did become a movement. It became something way bigger than selling Dove. It, it became all about the, the women that were representing a different concept, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the brand has an entire team dedicated just to social mission efforts, which again, makes me proud. But this, yeah. this was a movement. This wanted to really widen that stereotypical view we already had and, and create sustainable change, which we, yeah. you know, 15 years later, we can confidently say we've done. Yeah, well, hey, I, I think if you don't mind, I'd like to spend another minute on the Oprah show because I think that sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds like a, quite a moment for a young person uh, to be in. And how old were you at that time? I was 21 years old when we were on the oh, Oprah word. show. Oprah. That's so cool. Yes, and we yeah. were, you know, you have to, I'll, I'll take you back with me for a second. And we were backstage, you know, we've, we've just walked by LeBron James and just introduced ourselves to Chris Rock. And we're standing there like, is this real? And we're, you know, we're standing backstage. The doors are about to open. We are about to walk onto the stage with Oprah Winfrey. Her show tapes in real time. You got to stick to that hour, yeah. uh, even though it's not live. You know, she's on a schedule. And so we're, we're getting ready. And I have this moment and we walk out there. And it's just equal parts of like, I'm, get, I'm, I'm feeling nervous and I could pee my pants and I don't know how to do this. And we get through this interview and it was authentic connection with Oprah. And we, got, we were able to talk about not only the social change, but we got product launch out. We got, you know, a product plug out. We got all these things out. And it was, again, just this really cool time where we could. Uh, well, I can't. I want to hear about the product launch stuff. We're going to do that right after this break. We're going to take a second, pay some bills, and come back with Stacey Neal here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. Perfectly managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I-75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no-hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888-TREETOPS.
This is the Michigan Business Network, and you've tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad that you're here, and we're grateful to have with us Stacy Nato. She's here calling in all the way from Chicago, where her home base is at, and she's telling us about some of the early times in her career. And we just got done with backstage uh, Oprah Winfrey, and all of a sudden, she's now in the presence of Miss O herself. And my gosh, you must have been, if it was... Uh, most mortals, Stacy, they would have been tongue-tied and couldn't say a thing. You had a little bit of a different thing in mind. Were you going to try to talk product on that uh, in that moment? Yeah, you know, Vic, as starstruck as I was, don't get me wrong. I, I love yeah. Oprah's work. You know, I have a job to do. I'm out. I'm there to not only shift the way we are thinking about women, but I'm there to promote the brand because if the brand is successful, then this social mission can continue. And so. I knew whatever Oprah touched, she made gold. And I knew that if she brought up the product, the brand would be doing fine and be able yeah. to continue the social mission. And so right at the last 10 seconds of the interview, Oprah looked at the camera and she said, well, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy some Dove soap. I, I love this campaign. And I looked right at her and I said, and our line and the real beauty line. And she said, yes, that too. And that <laughs> sentence alone increased sales overnight by $1 billion. Oh, I remember, I yes. I remember thinking the next day, like, man, Oprah's influence is real. It is real. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. And I got to believe there were some, um, uh, this is Procter & Gamble brand, correct? Am I right? I hope. Unilever, Unilever. Oh, I, I beg your pardon. So Unilever, amazing. So they, you had to have the corporate leadership of Unilever going, did you hear that? <laughs> I just go crazy, right? Suffice it to say they were very excited. I yeah. saw from like the audience, I saw, I saw them doing a little bit of like a cha-ching with their arm movement, very excited that we were able to get both in. That is so cool. And as a 21-year-old being that savvy to know you could get that. And I think they patted you on the back pretty heavy when they, because you were the one that did it. It wasn't the team that got those words out. You, you got those words on the air. Yeah, we had a celebratory lunch after that, and it was it was a lot a lot of celebrating for certain. <laughs> That's really cool. I just jacked up. I I can't believe that. But you know, this is what's interesting, and I'd like to talk about the movement a little bit if I could, because this is such a cool thing. You're an you're an innocent young woman looking for your career path, trying to figure this out, and all of a sudden you get tapped like a lightning bolt from the heavens above on the shoulder in Chicago, and all of a sudden your your world is completely changed, but in such a positive, fantastic way. When did, it, when did you start feeling like, you know what, this is my mission, this is my calling? There had to be a moment like that. 100%. I grew up, you know, Vic, with, with issues with my body as a young lady growing up, especially in middle school. And I remember sort of always having this base, you know, thankful to my mom for that, that, you know, I was okay, right? It was yeah. challenging, but I was okay. And so I knew body image was an issue, but I didn't realize to the level it was until I was part of this campaign and started meeting people and hearing stories. So, you know, I still went through all of school and I graduated on time and I thought to myself, well, that was a fun thing I did this campaign, but like, I still got to go get a job, right? I still got to get out there. Yeah. And it was about a year into having a corporate job downtown Chicago and not liking it even a little bit that getting into that position of hating the job I was currently in oh, motivated yeah. me to go figure out what I wanted to do. 
And that was the moment. I was like, you know, what I can do for people is bigger than what I'm doing in this corporate job at the moment. And nothing against corporate America whatsoever. It was more that I knew in that moment that click for me happened when I was like, man, I can do more than this and I'm ready and excited to do more. Yes, it, it's it, it, agreed. It's not, it's not where you're at. That isn't the problem. It's not uh, realizing the potential and more importantly, the platform that you were given to go out and make a difference. I mean, this is an extraordinary thing for a young person. And, and I have to tell you, Stacey, an awful lot of us would, would, would take that moment, uh, enjoy it, live it, uh, you know, put it up on our memory wall, and we're doing good. But what you did is you, you absolutely grabbed that opportunity and started making it into something real. Because I think you saw in America, there's a lot of issues. And it's not just women. But I think uh, you speak to an awful lot of female audiences. Is that where, where your focus is at? Or tell me a little bit about the people you reach out to now. Yeah. So when our, our career, my career in speaking started, it was predominantly in that college market where we were really diving deeper into the body image conversation. And now what we've found, right, I started speaking in 08. So years later now, and through all of my research and working with people, we found that the, the, the body image is typically a symptom of confidence and the self-esteem. Oh, yeah. And so this branches past my audiences full of women. This branches to everybody. You become a different leader. You become a different employee. You become a different partner and a parent when you're feeling better about you, when your self-talk is as positive as it can be. So yeah. now my audiences have shifted to co-ed because this is really, you know, something that affects every one of us. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think when you you said something there that I, we want to spend some time on, and I, 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 man, I think we could do a three-hour show here today with you. But but part of what we want, I want to I'll focus on is that whole self-talk thing. So when we get back from our break, I'd like to I'd like to pick that up and see where we can go with that because when we talk about self-talk, uh, that's a powerful engine that your brain can't figure out whether uh, it's real or not real. So they just record it as what they hear. And so we got to be careful about that. And I want you to teach us a little bit when we get back. Thanks so much for being with us, Stacy. We're so glad you're here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bercero. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero, and today, Stacy Nato is with us. She's one of the famous Dove Girls. If you remember that campaign, we've had a lot of fun talking about it, but it catapulted Stacy into a different direction, and she now is one of the nation's leading consultant and leaders, especially when it comes to self-image and self-esteem and confidence. And so, Stacy, in the last segment, you said something that I wanted to grab a hold of because it's important to me. I hear sometimes people say, I'm so dumb. I'm just, and they start labeling themselves. And it breaks my heart when I hear them because years ago, somebody told me, don't do that. Don't call yourself dumb. 
um, come up with a different way to talk to yourself because your mind can't understand whether you're telling the truth or not. So it records you as not being very smart or I'm so clumsy or I'm this or that. Tell me your thoughts on it as a professional. I think you had wonderful advice. <laughs> that is, it couldn't be more true. Language is so, so important. And what I have found over the years of connecting with people is, you know, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit and we forget how much power we hold. We forget how capable we are. An alarming statistic that I found that really helped me launch into this new phase of work was that 90% uh, of our thoughts happen on a habitual loop. Habitual meaning they happen at least a few times a day. More often they happen multiple times throughout the day. And 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. Oh. So if we think about that for just a second, if you're listening here, if 90% of your thoughts are happening constantly and 80% of them are negative, what are we setting ourselves up for? Right. And what I'm introducing you to is your inner critic. And one thing I ask you to do as a listener is I ask you to stretch into understanding and getting to know your inner critic. If you're anything like me, when you first got to know your inner critic, you tried to run from that thing, that voice. <laughs> you just Who wanted to get it out. Yeah. What is that? Who is that? I don't like it. I'm going to shut it down. Yeah. And instead, I'm going to ask you to do something that might feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, but I'm going to ask you to listen. I'm going to ask you to get to know it. Because here's the good news. You're in control. Uh, You're still in control. And we do have the ability and the capability and the power to reframe and to reteach our brains and our inner critic how to show up. Uh, and so why I'm going to ask you to get to know that is because I want you to know your inner critic is trying to motivate you. It's all it's trying to do. It's not trying to hurt you. It's not trying to keep you in your bubble that you're scared to go, go out of. It, it is trying to keep you safe and it is trying to motivate you. But often I find that my clients are no longer being served by listening to it. It's mm, time yeah. to update the script. Right. So, you know, I, of course I go into lots of tools about that uh, in my work and on my website. They're all free, but I, it, it's so important to me. And, and what's really important to me is confidence and self-talk can sound like such overwhelming topics. My work I really pride myself in is I make them small and I make them manageable. For 10 minutes or less a day, you can practice these tools and you can really start to shift and build your confidence to feel better. Well, and I have to tell you that the, the thing that I think helps along the way is that uh, you didn't say ignore it. What you said is, is manage it and try to get, get control of that uh, process. And I think, I think that's part of the, the whole, uh, you know, uh, we always talked about the whole issue of self-talk and how powerful it is. Well, some of it too... Uh, let me ask you this. Um, it's not really self-talk, but tell me about the people that you surround yourself with. Because sometimes I think you got to make some decisions there too. What do you think of that? Absolutely. I mean, confidence is a group game. Confidence is uh -huh. a group situation. And so while, you know, I think there are two parts to shifting self-talk. I think diving inside and getting to know that inner critic like we just spoke about is very important. Understanding sure. your awareness, understanding where some of that comes from, et cetera. And then to sustain it, I believe we really need to be looking at that team around us. And uh, Vic, when I work with my young girls, uh, you know, I'm talking like middle school or younger, I call this group of people your esteem team. But it applies mm. to us as adults. Your esteem team are those people that believe in you and have your back no matter what. 
They're the people that you're going to give some of your power to. And what I mean by giving some of your power to is, is like, you're going to listen to their opinion. If they call you out on something, you're going to give them the time of day and you're going to pause and you're going to say, I hear you. doesn't mean you necessarily agree with them or blindly do what they say. It just means you give them the respect to listen and vice versa. Yeah. Those well, people in your esteem team, are they have to be supporting your self-talk. I just love it. I, when we first moved down to uh, um, one of the small communities here in the Lansing area, my daughter was in fifth grade and, and um, some kids, girls early on, uh, two or three days later after she started school, it felt like she was a friend and she had new friends, but they cornered her and said, by the way, we don't like your hair. You need to have a different jacket. You need to have, and they started telling her all this and I'm so proud of her. She said, okay, you're no longer my friend. And she, she walked away from it, which I think is really cool because in the end, you know, um, having friends that accept you who you are, but also see greatness in terms of who you can be is powerful, uh, powerful lessons for us. Don't you agree? I couldn't agree more. And, and she obviously had an esteem team behind her to be able to have the courage to say that to those girls in fifth grade. And also we need that team for those moments. We're ready to celebrate uh, and we need the team for the moments we forget our own confidence. We need to borrow wow. theirs for that day or two, right? Or that month uh, to That's get back powerful, on our feet. Powerful stuff because what we're talking about is so too many of us try to fit in and not enough, enough of us have the opportunity to lead and to really be confident in ourselves. Stacy, I'm so grateful for your message today and grateful for an opportunity to learn a little bit more about your incredible work throughout the nation. So grateful you could join us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verser, and we'll be right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network, and today Vic Versero is here with Stacy Nato. And actually, I wish we were here. I'd give you a COVID-19 appropriate hug but uh, a few miles apart, we're at, you're at your home base in the Chicago area, but you go all over the nation and you uh, do an awful lot of great things in terms of coaching, leading, and consulting. And uh, most of it uh, centered around this whole self-esteem issue and uh, really uh, thinking about confidence and what that looks like. But I, I, I wonder about, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about mentoring and we talk a lot about um, uh, coaching people. And is that, is that an area that you get into very much? Is that, is that a, a comfort zone for you? Absolutely. And in fact, it's probably where I'm really shifting a lot based wow. on the fact that the keynote platform is not active at the very uh, second, <laughs> right? right. Uh, virtually doing a few projects, but the pop, you know, I, I found myself growing forward when it came to keynoting. I love keynoting. It's, it'll always be a big deal to me. And it's one of my favorite places to be. But it, it, I was getting to this place where I was like able to hit surface level stuff for 45 minutes. And I was feeling this need to dive deeper with people. And that's where coaching and mentorship and consulting come in. And one thing that stands out to me in all the different things that are happening in the world today is we often fear what we do not understand. And if we do not understand each other, we're not able to authentically connect with one another. 
And I'm getting approached uh, after keynotes left and right back years ago from HR professionals and, uh, you know, managers of all sorts, upper management of all sorts, saying to me, you know, Cece, like, we love your topic. This is great. Uh, it's important. And yet we can't keep women in our associate pool or women aren't trying to go for the leadership roles, right? Or we can't figure out how to get the women from the associate pool up to C-suite or leadership or whatever it may be. What do you think we do? And uh, Stacey's coaching and consulting was born from that space because I remember thinking to myself, it's important, but I get what you're saying, right? So many managers were coming to me and saying, we know we need it. We just don't know how to get there. What's the next step? So we started working with ERG, employee resource groups, and we started forming them and asking them questions and asking them to, at the national sales meeting, come to a happy hour or to a lunch and learn. And I would just get them to connect with one another and authentically sit, show themselves. And we did, we did something from two angles. We, we empowered the women sitting in that room to feel better, to feel worthy, and to go ask for a seat at the table. And then we also, from the management side, reminded them how important it is to have these female and women leaders at the table. We reminded them how important it is to have these voices. And so when we were able to come at it from both angles, we were able to actually create pretty, pretty good change. And so that's where a lot of the work is happening right now for me. We are so often coming across these stories and people know it's important. They're just not sure how to take that next step. Uh, and luckily, I'm able to help them do that. So it's it's so important to me to get into that space. Well, and I and I think part of the what I what I think is interesting is that uh, it kind of f- comes full circle when you have uh, HR HR people that are saying, "Look, we we're looking for um, female leadership. We're looking for female associates, and we're having we're having trouble finding th- those kind of people." And some of that may be, well, you tell me, but is it is it because the female uh, associates might be uh, uh, passive and not have the confidence for, for them to step into that leadership role? Or, or what are some of the root causes of that? Yeah, I think sometimes it is that. I think sometimes it is that feeling, overall feeling of worthiness or uh, what many listeners know as imposter syndrome, right? Why me? I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough degrees. I don't have enough experience, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think another part of it, Vic, is I think that representation is important. And so if I look above me and I don't see anyone that looks like me or acts like me, it's very difficult for me to imagine myself in that space. Uh, And thus the reason it's important to come at it, I think from both angles. You know, I I, I love that. And it's, it's interesting, the nuances. And so what, what you just mentioned there, I think is important for me to, to stop for a moment. It's the notion of, of uh, what's, what's appropriate, what's catching people's attention. So um, recently, I was involved uh, in in uh, narrating um, a uh, 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 the background voice for uh, a video to be used in fundraising, and so part of what we did is we is we approached that and laid this thing out, and on multiple audiences where we were testing this thing, um, <laughs> we had several people step forward and say, "Ah, you're kind of missing the entire female equation. You don't have them properly represented in the." visuals of that and plus um we like your voice vic but we're looking for a female voice to narrate this and so it's interesting you know um old clunkers like me in the world uh seem to seem to not always look for those nuances but that's part of what you're suggesting is that we need to pick up on those nuances have women in leadership roles that help encourage other women 
to do absolutely this? absolutely yeah. we know how important it is statistically we know just general social awareness now we know and it's really not about blame or feeling guilty it's about just meeting ourselves where we're at and saying yes. all right now we know it's important what can we do stepping forward right well there's so many good things here stacy we're so glad you're uh, with us today here on the michigan business network this is the leadership lowdown i'm Vic bercero we'll be right back This is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Bercero here on the Michigan Business Network. Stacy Nato has taken time out from her busy schedule to join us today. And I've got a whole fistful of notes here and things that I'm really excited about. Can't wait to promote this show, uh, Stacy, because uh, I think your topic and some of the things you do in your career are just stunning. Uh, but it hasn't always been that way. You had to have moments of, of great growth and real challenge. And so I'm thinking about um, maybe the first time you did a keynote speech. You, you uh, Speaking in front of people is not an easy thing for everybody. And uh, tell me, what was the biggest speech that you, uh, that you ever, uh, crowd that you ever spoke in front of? The largest crowd I've been honored to serve is about 5,000. Oh, 5, wow. They believe they were full. Yes, it was a big deal. And you know, Vic, I, I don't know if you can relate to this feeling, but it, it wasn't even my favorite one because I couldn't see the audience. I was blinded oh, by light. Absolutely. That's so funny. I remember the first time I spoke in front of 3,000 people. I walked on stage. I did my, I, I'm hit by the spotlights. I can't see a thing other than about five, 10 rows out front, right? That's the way it goes. And all of a sudden I hit one of, one of my punchlines and, and the crowd laughter was enormous and i'm like whoa toto we are not in kansas anymore <laughs> so you had so how'd that happen for you it's comforting in a way because you don't have to look at the all the people you're just looking at the folks in the first 12 rows yeah so i think there is that comfort and for me though it more so i uh i draw on energy and i draw on facials yeah. so much and so yeah. that it that is interesting for me but you you take me back uh, to when you say your first keynote speech, this is a great story. So I'm part of the Dove campaign, but I haven't given keynote speeches yet. No. I've been in media, but I haven't given a keynote, right? Platform is different than being on TV. Sure. And uh, a large national sorority had a convention in Minneapolis. They had a luncheon the next day with a huge keynote speaker who had food poisoning. So they call 8 p.m. the night before to Dove and they say, is there any way you can send one of these women out to do a, the, our keynote at lunch? 
And they call me up and I'm like, let's do it. So we jump on the first, you know, 6 a.m. flight over to Minneapolis. My, my publicist is writing my keynote on the plane and I'm getting the slides in the car on the way to the keynote. And this was a like 3,000 person auditorium, large group. And I walk up there and oh my gosh, you know, you have those speeches, Vic, where you like don't even know what you actually said. You yeah. just really hope it came across. And um, that energy after and the meet and greet after is, is probably what convinced me I was going to do this for a while. Oh, was how right. cool yeah. is that? Huh? Were your yeah. knees knocking when you, when you took the stage? Couldn't have been more knocking. I wish I could have sat down. <laughs> well, you were with, in front of Oprah. It was a studio audience, but that was millions of people. So <laughs> True, true. Just feels so different when you're looking into a camera, right? But yeah, yeah very, very true. Very true. Well, Stacey, I, the, the key, for, uh, the key for, for us ultimately is that, is that I just know the good work you do. Um, and there's a lot of organizations that are trying to, to build employees, not just women, but employee confidence and, uh, and a lot of work there. So tell me about the, the kind of, if anybody wants to get with you and have you do some work in their organization, what would be the areas you'd be most comfortable with? Absolutely. So, more information, as always, can be uh, found at the website, stacynado.com. Here's what. NATO? Yes, let's do it. N A D E A U. And that's French. Stacey with it. no E. Stacy right. with no E. Uh, yes, French, the beautiful French. And so, uh, what, what has worked so far? What is the most popular and what I see working when I'm doing my hands on work right now the best is a combination of keynote workshop and then you know, more intense coaching, consulting later on with the groups. So what I'm seeing working is my program called Confident Mindset. And Confident Mindset is a true tangible breakdown of, for your employees, for all of your leaders, you get to choose kind of what group you want to work with. Our team will work with you to figure out how that looks. And this will be a program that helps them break down and in 10 minutes or less of practice a day, grow their confidence to then in turn grow all sorts of things in your business, right? We've seen increase in sales. Um, we see a lot of ROI with employees because we don't, our turnover rates seem to be falling. People are finding more satisfaction at work. They're finding more satisfaction in themselves and they're really valuing and respecting when their employer invests back in them. And so my program seems to be representative of these, of these moments of, wow, right? My employer cares and, and they're investing back in me. Um, and so we're seeing so many great things that way. So Confident Mindset does that. It teaches the tools on how to feel better about you, how to use your voice, um, and how to work with groups of people to find that collective confidence and that collective surge. Uh, so that is what I see happening the best. And then, of course, some follow-up work with your groups after the keynote or the workshop is what we have found to be the most successful so far. Well, I, I just know that, that uh, it's no mistake that uh, what happened here, uh, there was a little bit of God lightning strike on the streets of Chicago all those years ago. And then of course, what's happened since is an amazing career where you've helped an awful lot of young uh, people, uh, really all ages, but really the idea of, uh, of letting them know that, that God doesn't make junk and, uh, and you have a beautiful way of helping remind people of that and helping them see the way. It's stacynato.com, uh, and spell NATO one more time for us. 
Yeah, so it's S-T-A-C-Y-N-A-D-E-A-U.com. Yeah, very good. Stacey, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Love the work you do. Love you as an individual because you're a stunning star and you sparkle and shine. We're so glad that you're part of this. So glad you joined us here on the Leadership Lowdown. Thank you for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Bersero. We'll talk to you next time.